0: Thank you for listening to the late-breaking F1 podcast. Make sure to look out for new episodes every Thursday and Grand Prix Sundays. Hello and a very warm welcome to the late-breaking Formula 1 podcast. Thank you so much for joining us wherever in the world you are, whenever in the world you are listening to this. Uh, We're here for another week of entertainment, or at least that's what we're aiming for. I am um, joined today, as ever, by Jacques Villeneuve's biggest fan, Harry Ead. How are you?
1: I'm great, thank you, Ben. I'm great.
2: Very
0: good. And of course, joined by Nico Rosberg's biggest fan, Daniel <laughs> Sage.
2: Is my career over yet? Is it over? No? Okay. Alright. <laughs> <laughs> oh,
0: I already brought it out twice. It must be
1: a good intro. It is.
2: I, I quite like that, Ben. That was good.
1: No, it's very, it's very witty from you, Ben. Yeah, i pull it out of the bag once
0: every six weeks or so.
2: Good job. Try and do that again next week.
0: I mean, <laughs> I'd like to say every six weeks. You'll have to check back in with me sometime in, uh, in mid-July.
2: <laughs> what are we talking about, folks?
0: What are we talking about? That is a great question, and I will give you the answer to that. We are going to be talking about whether Formula One can return behind closed doors. Of course, we it has been discussed that Austria or Silverstone could act as a first race or first races of the season. But, of course, there is a highly likelihood that it will happen behind closed doors. How would that affect the sport? We're going to be looking at McLaren. Of course, they made great progress in 2019. They were expecting to make more progress in 2020. But is this going to hamper them more than any other team on the grid? And you two are going to go into battle again. Sam, you're on a bit of a roll in terms of your mini games against each other. Um, Today, we're going to be playing F1 higher or lower, uh, but more of that later in the show. But we will start with F1 behind closed doors. As I said before, Austria has been uh, pitched as the potential start for the F1 season. Um, A Wednesday night race, I've heard spoken about as well. Whether that happens or not remains to be seen, Um, but it, of course, would probably be behind closed doors. Sam, purely from an atmospheric perspective, Point of view, do you think that F1 could work behind closed doors?
2: I think so. Um it's it's a difficult one. A lot of other sports are contemplating it, and I think that an interesting suggestion was made. Um I don't know if it was for Formula One, or if it was for football, but they were going to channel in uh crowd noises to allow them to not have to find it so odd and eerie and quiet. Now, it's a slightly different scenario for Formula One, of course. In Formula 1, there are engine noises. There's a lot going on. There's a lot of radio sounds. Drivers have helmets on. So it's not like you're just going to to hear a bit of crowd noise channelled into the stadium wherever you're driving around. Um, But in terms of the majority of the audience, it's watched on TV anyway. You can't really hear the crowd too much on TV. There's an occasional race, such as actually Austria being a key one with the Max Verstappen fans. You tend to be able to hear them cheering. But no, I I think it's perfectly doable. I think watching it on the TV is great. As long as the... uh, there is going to be one perk to this. When Carlos Sainz actually makes it on TV, we're not going to immediately pan away and look at a crowd member instead. So everyone's going to get a lot of crowd time, Uh a camera time rather. All the drivers should feature. I, I don't think you'll notice it to too much as long as they film it right. And of course, we've got brilliant commentators in the sport, not the Sky Bunch. They could be improved. But uh, the likes of the Channel 4 team, absolutely fantastic. The amount of passion they deliver. I don't look for the crowd when someone like Ben Edwards is shouting over the microphone. It's bloody brilliant anyway. So atmosphere, no, I don't think it will change too much. As long as the production and commentary team are able to deliver the best of their ability, I think that the, uh, the sport could probably go on quite easily. Of course, as long as the teams will stay safe, separate, away from each other, precautions are put in place. None of that silly Australia business that we had last time. No fangs around the track. Yeah, it could work.
0: I mean, your point about Carlos Sainz, they will find a way to get him off of the off of TV. They will find a way, even if it's not through the fans being there, not being there. Um, you know, they'll pan to some squirrels or they'll pan to just Crofty on a loop, saying "sound of the music" <laughs> references or anything like that. Um, but TV time for Carlos—that's mad. They—they um, they, won- they didn't.
1: They didn't give him TV time on the uh, esports event the other day either, and he was leading the bloody race at one point. That's so. They hate him. Yeah, don't quite get it, (laughs) Harry. What What do you think about this one? Um, I mean, Sam's got talking about TV time. Sam's got a very valid point about the F1 TV director loves to pan away to a crowd shot. I remember Silverstone last year; they did it right in the middle of the Hamilton Bottas um, duel and oh God, yeah. As, yeah like the worst timing so if it stops them doing that i'm all for it um look i think realistically in the current situation we're in uh for racing to start up again i think it's an inevitable fact that they'll be behind closed doors but it'll be weird it will be weird for sure i think you'll notice it but after a while you'll be concentrating on the racing like sam says you'll be listening to to the commentary whether even if it is crafty, um and and you won't care i think by that point by the time we get to that point everyone will just be so pleased to see some racing cars go around a track that um we we won't we won't care at all if there's a crowd there or not we'll be sat at home watching it and cheering it on so um yeah i don't think it's gonna be it'll be strange but we're, we're living in a strange time so i don't see why we can't adapt to this, to be honest. And I think it'd be less strange than watching a football match in an empty stadium. It's it's a bit different to that. So, um, yeah, it'll be fine. As long as there's some racing. And I'm all for a Wednesday evening race at, at Austria. Hell yeah. Get that yeah. involved.
0: Yeah. Well, I, I wonder if anyone does know the answer to this. And if you do, please do let us know um, on our Twitter at L Breaking. Has there ever been a race midweek before? In Formula One at least?
2: I mean, oh, I don't. Know the answer a, to
0: that, but, that? Yeah, if you do know, let let us know on Twitter. Um, in answer to my own question, yes, I think that F one can hold races behind closed doors without it being too negative of an effect on the product. Um, Sam, you reference football; you can reference other sports as well. I think if you were to sort of line up all the sports and, and pick out the ones where it's going to affect them the least, F one would probably be in that group. Um, you know. Think of basketball. Um, I'm I'm a big basketball fan myself, um, and they're having a discussion as to whether they should start the season again behind closed doors. But because it's such a close and intimate atmosphere, it's a completely different ballgame, both literally and also in terms of the atmosphere. Um, But yeah, F1. Thank you. Yeah. Delay. Thank you. Yeah. I thought, you do notice the crowd at some races, particularly the European ones. You, you mentioned Austria. Um, Hungary's another one. I've, even though it's not on the calendar this year, I think Hockenheim, um, Silverstone, obviously. Uh, but a, a lot of races. I mean, we go to Bahrain every year. That's pretty much a closed event as it is. So we've it's already proved it. Same for China. Yeah, exactly. Um, let, let's be honest. When, when you're watching a race, how often do you think about fans in attendance i mean it, it goes completely from your mind there are a few moments at a few grand prix per year that kind of uh, emphasized by the crowd's size or the crowd's cheers or gasps but they're pretty far and few between um, mostly it's just such a focus on the racing that uh, you, you kind of just blank it out and ultimately in a battle between a lack of atmosphere and no race whatsoever there's a pretty clear winner Uh, And it's not no race. Uh, (laughs) I I, I just don't think it's all that important from an atmosphere perspective. Obviously, there are other things to consider. uh, But if you're just focused on atmosphere, I don't see why they can't go ahead with it. Um, Just looking at the other aspects of it, because it isn't just atmosphere. Sam, in in terms of like a uh, sort of corporate social responsibility that F1 have um, in the climate, Do you think that there is uh, just, do you think they should go racing this early, um, even if it is behind closed doors? Because even behind closed doors, there's a lot of people there.
2: It's a real risk, isn't it? It's something that you're going to have to think long and hard about. A lot of people, due to this horrible situation we find ourselves in, are losing loved ones. They are struggling to stay healthy. They are, you know, unable to live a normal life or anything close to it. And yet we're saying, well, you know what? Sandra that works at McLaren, she should be around the other 200 people in close proximities all around the world, constantly, possibly in areas with recycled air, without maybe the cleanliness that you need at certain tracks around the world that maybe don't have that ability or that care. You know, unfortunately, we live in a world where the same standards aren't met globally. So why is it fair that me sat in my office at home should be safe and I shouldn't be going out and I should really not try not to go anywhere than the supermarket, but a mum or a dad or whoever who works for a Formula One team, you know what, yeah, you leave your family, come out of isolation, please, and I want you to go and make me some entertainment on the television. Realistically, I don't think I get the right to say that, and I think you can only give these teams the green light to go ahead if, one, every single member of the team working for them who will be at risk signs something and says, I am volunteering to do this, and there are no negative consequences if they say they don't feel comfortable doing it and i think number two every single track and the fia need to put in some real serious measures such as teams come into the the circuit and the paddock one by one completely separate and you stick to your designated area so you're only around the same set of people and then nothing starts until every team is in and ready and then they all leave individually one by one the drivers They get in the car, they do their track, they get out of the car, they go to a hotel separately. They don't talk to them they don't need to. Every team interview, every team uh, radio check, every team, you know, park ferme or post-session discussion needs to be done by Zoom or needs to be done via radio call or something. You don't need people unnecessarily sat in the same room. We have the technology to do things separately. If we're going to put these people at risk for the sake of entertainment... Then you need to do it in the most careful, safe, considerate, thoughtful way you possibly can, and then only then, when they've exhausted every safety option, will I be on board with it happening as early as it can.
0: Yeah, so so many things for them to consider, um, and obviously you listed a lot of them there, Sam, and there, and there's probably still a lot more than that. Um, you know, they've got a huge responsibility. Um, and they've got so many lives. I'm talking F1 here. F1 have got so many lives with, within their grasp and as to when they go racing again. Um, yeah. Um, in which countries they go racing again. It's a massive responsibility from uh, the business. Harry, what what are your thoughts on this?
1: It's a tricky one for F1 and the teams alike because obviously the, the health and safety and well-being of team members, as Sam has already mentioned, is the priority um and i don't see them going after the sham of australia they're not going to go racing unless they feel they really can do so in a safe way um but at the same time they do need to go racing because some of these smaller teams um are going to be affected if they don't and toros Torosso Alpha tauri sorry um this week have already said how much it's cost them not to be racing this year And you've got to think of the teams like Williams who, you know, might be struggling slightly financially. So they, they need to go racing to survive as an F1 team. Um, so it's a very tricky balance, but obviously the well-being of the people that work there comes first. And I'm sure if we're behind closed doors, teams will be stripped back to a minimum of the crew who work on the cars. I doubt there'll be any hospitality people there. Um, it'll be, yeah, it'll be, it'll be a strange atmosphere as we've already said, but, um, if they feel it's safe enough to do with a limited amount of people then uh yeah i think it should be fine but i don't see it happening quite quite yet give it maybe a couple of months but um hopefully fingers crossed you know restrictions are eased etc and we can go racing but obviously only in a safe way because we don't want to have australia all over again because that was ridiculous
0: yeah, absolutely. And F1 did not come out of Australia looking very good at all. It was, um, it was indecisive. Um, and just the, 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 you know, whether they went racing or not, it got far enough to that, to that practice one, um, that you can really start to look at them and say, you know, you, you had to be more decisive. Unfortunately, since then they, they have been, they were fairly prompt in cancelling Bahrain and Vietnam and every race after that, um, but yeah, with Australia, if that was combined with another bad decision from F1, then suddenly people are going to look at them and, and start to question them, um, and rightfully so in that in that situation. Um, I'm sure many people are aware of uh, uh Race Fans, a, a great publication, um, and they have released sort of their prediction as to how many they could get away with in terms of what's the minimum number of people you could get together for a Grand Prix weekend. Uh, they reckon it's about 1,400 minimum um, in the F1 paddock or just in F1 in general, which to my mind is still way too many um, for the current situation, at least. Obviously, we it will be a few more months yet away if we're looking at Austria, um, so there's time um, for the situation to improve globally. But, um, I mean, if one person, that's all you, that's all it takes. That's the scary and worrying thing about this is it only takes one person. Um, and from there, how many that one person can inf- infect and how many those people can infect. And you'd find with the F1 paddock in such close quarters and they can make, they can make, uh, arrangements to make that less so, but they're not going to eliminate that. Um, that that's that's a disaster waiting to happen, um, and you're you're right in what you say, Harry. That there are teams, that, Williams, Alpha AlphaTauri specifically, um, you know, Haas, I would put in there as well, who need to go racing as soon as possible. Um, F one is just not built to to, to last a, a season where there's no activity, yeah. And that's you know, it's maybe something that they need to address really because um, because that's the reality of it. You've got half the grid who because they're not racing for one year are really really struggling Uh, but that has to come as a secondary point that that can't be the focus that has to like in the priorities list having that responsibility of, of people's lives and people's health is just way too important compared to compared to the financial situations of teams which i know sounds crazy because in most situations the financial capabilities of the teams in f1 would be the number one priority but this is the situation we're in and um, I wouldn't want them to take any risk as as much as I'd love to see some racing at 1500 people at one event across a weekend I still think that's too dangerous
2: the thing is with any global show whether that be a one-off tv program or a sport that tours the world there is we, we the world is both a very lovely positive place and a nasty place and I'm sure you guys are aware of it. I'm sure you guys are listening are aware of it. There have been some people that have tried to do some nasty, spiteful things when it comes to this this disease that's going around the pandemic, such as walking up to people and coughing on someone, or trying to cough on someone's food, or something something like that. You know, when, when there's every chance that that person could be unwell, they could have the illness, and it takes one person to walk through a hotel or something like that, and someone to go, "I could." making aim for myself or some organization and take down a whole weekend of sport that is going to be publicized live across millions and millions and millions of screens and watchers, And that's the kind of threat that you don't need to put people at. And, and the moment there is a risk to life, it becomes too much. So for me, as much as I want, and I know you guys do as well, as much as I want to see racing happen yeah, you know, I'm so hungry to see someone do some competitive laps against another car in any situation. The moment there is any kind of threat to life, it's not worth it. Please stop and wait.
0: Yeah, and as we referenced, um, Australia was dangerously close, and we we hope that uh, something like Australia doesn't happen again, both in terms of the indecision beforehand and also if they went ahead with a race that they, they really shouldn't have if, there's, if there are cases. Um, I think they would have learned from Australia, but We'll wait to see on that. Uh, moving on to uh, McLaren, uh, of course, McLaren had a very good 2019. Uh, they they rose up the grid after a very difficult 2018. The the lineup of Carlos Sainz and Lando Norris, brand new lineup, worked very well. They secured uh, fourth place in the constructors' championship. And with 2020, the aim was to get even closer again. Ready for 2021, that's at that point where they would get the, the Mercedes power unit. Um, the new regulations would come in um, and they would hopefully or at least they would be hoping they'll be fighting for podiums and wins. Of course that's been thrown into uh, you know that's been thrown into question. Uh, we don't know when we're going to get racing in 2020 if at all. Um, and the regulations have been pushed back a year. So this is um, obviously focusing on the progress of McLaren back up the grid. It's halted it slightly. Harry, do you think this is going to be a problem for McLaren? Do you think now that uh, that progress is going to be stalled?
1: Uh, it's a tricky one because we don't necessarily know where they were going to be anyway for the season this season um, had it started normally. I don't think I saw some someone from Racing Point the other day say, that you, even if was it racing point out from Romeo, I can't remember, but even if you, um, a team who thought they were on the back foot going into this year, this pause hasn't, isn't really going to help or benefit people because, um, well, I mean, a, most of them are, are still on shutdown and, and b it other team. If they are developing their car or thinking about how they can improve their car, there's no real way to test it. And other teams are doing the same thing. So, um, yeah, it kind of depends where McLaren were. I don't think teams are going to start moving in uh, performance whilst we're not racing, which sounds a bit weird. Um, but their progress last year was so rapid; I think their progress this year was going to be slightly less anyway. They weren't going to suddenly now jump into the top three, um, but they're 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 in good hands. I think they're in good hands with Zach Brown, uh, Andre Seidel, with the two drivers they have, Mercedes power in twenty one, which is rapidly approaching. Um and that could present an issue to, to just logistically, um. But yeah, I think McLaren aren't going to suddenly fall back down the grid, but they they were never destined to jump up into the top three anyway. I don't think. Um, but I still I still think once racing resumes, they'll they'll still be top of the top of the midfield.
0: Good stuff, um. Sam, do you think that the progress of McLaren is just going to be delayed by a year? Essentially, the timeline shifted back a little.
2: I think McLaren have quite literally everything that they need to succeed now. You know, they've got the most consistently reliable, well funded engine provider coming in to work for them again. You know, McLaren Mercedes was a fantastic partnership last time we saw it. There's no reason why it can't be again. Mercedes are becoming more and more invested once again in McLaren, of course, Lando Norris, uh, one of two drivers, is also under the Mercedes management as well. So that shows that they've got a real keen interest in that team. Um I think that McLaren have everything they need to continue to be successful. I think out of all of the teams that maybe will struggle with what's currently going on globally, McLaren are actually one of the best places for it. They've got a lot of funding. They've got a lot of wealthy partners who are heavily invested into that team and won't be backing out anytime soon. They've got Lando Norris and Carlos Sainz, who it's not like they're getting any older. It's not like Kimi Räikkönen, who is sat there, you know, probably on the brink of retiring anyway. And if this goes on too long, we might not see him race again. You never know. That's a situation that could happen. With Lando and Carlos, that's not going to happen. They will be there. They're still going to be as good. They're able to train, so they're going to be physically fit and able. Um, and if anything, they're just growing their profiles. We've seen how well Lando Norris is doing on the, uh, on the, on the internet, on streaming, on Twitch, whatnot. It's, his following is growing rapidly. So if anything, he's growing his profile. He's improving himself. So I think with the backing they've got, uh, Zach Brown is, as Harry said, doing a fantastic job. I really think he's one of the better team leaguers that we've got out there. I think McLaren, if anything, are already going to move up. I think this gives them more time to continue that healing process that we've seen with McLaren. And I think, actually, it means that those who could have challenged them, such as uh, Racing Point, who are going to become Aston Martin, obviously that deadline is getting smaller and smaller and smaller. Um, it's the confusion there more for a team like them because they're going to have to do a changeover. There's no ownership coming in. They may, they may have as much funding now, but it's a little bit insecure. One of their drivers is much older. Uh Lance Stroll isn't getting the same practice or exposure he might have done. So I think McLaren are if anything going to maybe have a little bit of a gap between the rest of the midfield um and themselves now. I don't think they're going to be able to make any progress on that top three just yet. I do think they need actual racing, proper in-car development for that, but I don't think their cars are going to get any worse. Um, I just think their team is going to get better, more mature and more comfortable with each other. And I think that's going to reflect really well And eventually we do come back to race. Mm. Um... Yeah, I think um,
0: McLaren have set themselves up to succeed. And this is a bit of a blow, I think, for them. Um, But I don't think it will hinder their progress. I think it will just delay it. I I don't think um, they won't move up the grid because of this. Um, If they're destined to battle with the top few, it will happen. Um, It will just happen slightly later on. Uh, I think they had a very clear plan. And they were sticking to that plan as well. Because you, you remember back to the end of 2018, Um, what a dire state they were in. They really weren't much quicker than Williams in a lot of qualifying sessions at the end of 2018. Um, So it was only really up from there. And it was, to me at least, a clearly defined three-year plan, which was 2019, first and foremost, most importantly, just get off the bottom of the grid um, and fight with the midfield, which I think they checked that box. And if anything, I think they probably exceeded their expectations of 2019. 2020 was designed for them to get that little bit closer to the top three, uh, but essentially consolidate whilst they get ready for 2021 uh, because that's the real target. And then 2021, the new regulations come in um, and they attack the top few teams uh, and they, with the budget cap and uh, you know, everything else, the change changing regulations, they are ready to be as competitive as they have been since maybe 2014 or maybe even earlier than that, maybe 2012 or even 2010. Um so yeah i think um i think it's halted it slightly of course mclaren um they've got a new wind tunnel they've got a new simulator project that's on the go that's had to be delayed um and the mercedes integration that might well produce its own problems uh they were expecting to get mercedes power when the new regulations were coming in now they will have to adjust it um, to fit the current spec cars without any other performance-related improvements. So I think the FIA are going to be fairly tight on that. Uh, I've no doubt McLaren will get it done. Uh, it's not ideal for them, um, but at least they'll, they'll have that in place, ready to go for the new regulations. And the point you make on the driver lineup is valid as well. It's um, Signs and Norris are brand new in the team. They've clearly settled in well. They get along. Uh, Signs. Had I think the best year of his career in twenty nineteen. Uh, Lando Norris is an exciting rookie. Had a bit of bad luck last year. Will definitely get better with age. So um, I don't think either of those two are planning to go anywhere. Uh, they have got their long term games settled up, and um, that's why they made all the organizational and structural changes uh, a couple of years ago. They you know they they brought in Zach Brown. They, they put in good people. They put in Seidel, uh You know Stella. They put in. Gilda Ferran. They they got these guys. That they know they wanted. They had a complete uh, from the ground up, which is something I've always thought Williams should have done. They've gone from the ground up and they've put everyone in the right places and put them in a position to succeed. Um, and I think if they if they're destined to beat the top few teams, who knows? They'll get it done, regardless of whether it's twenty twenty two or twenty twenty five. I think they've they've got this nailed down. Good stuff
1: nice you ready for a quiz guys are we ever
0: now i don't want to put any pressure on you harry but i'm going to put pressure on you because sam's beaten you the last few times don't care you you don't care
1: don't care
0: (laughs) harry i know that's a lie you care about this more than anything
1: of course i care all right. F1 trivia. Of course I care. <laughs> it's all we live
0: for. Okay. Exactly. We're playing F1 wait, higher wait. or lower this week. So, Harry, I believe you've got to be set up.
2: Oh, here we go, folks. <laughs> yeah. It's F1. Higher, it's F1. Lower, it's F1. Not a lot in the middle, it's F1. Point your fingers in the air, it's F1. Over there, it's higher, it's lower, it's F1.
1: (laughs) I really didn't think that would ever end. There you go. That's undoubtedly your best one yet, Sam.
0: Thank you. I make these up on the spot, by the way.
1: You can't tell.
0: I mean... (laughs) it was it was so don't get me wrong good job sam but it's not better than f1 back and forth that's my favorite you know I mean, we're not playing what, f1 what, back what? and forth today at least <laughs> so today we're playing no. f one higher or lower just to describe how that goes um I will name something uh, they'll take it in turns. Uh, I'll name something and give the amount. So say it's number of races. I, I will give an example of someone who has had a number of races. I'll then give another name. You have to say whether they have had more or fewer. Uh, so that's essentially the principle of the game. Um, today we're going to be looking at circuits and how many times they've hosted an F1 Grand Prix.
2: Oh, Harry's going to kick my behind.
0: You're behind? <laughs> You're behind.
2: My behind.
0: All right. Who wants to go on the first one?
2: Uh, Harry can go.
0: All right, I'll Harry, go first. Are you ready to step up to the seat? This is where we need a mastermind uh,
1: theme tune. I think. <laughs> what if we? Oh, had, that was just he had wants to in. be
2: a millionaire, wasn't it?
1: Yeah. Well, that's in dramatic piano.
2: Sure, yeah. Now that's the Kimi Rikkin help line ad. <laughs>
1: <laughs> it can be used for multiple things.
2: It's too sad. Yeah. Get, the, get the get the quiz show music on. No, that's got the quiz show music.
1: What's the quiz show music? The, the other
2: jingle you've got. No. <laughs> 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 oh, that one? Oh, the flute. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, play the flute. Avocados from Mexico. <laughs>
0: Wow, ask, ask me and twenty-eight a... seconds in the podcast.
1: <laughs> ask me a goddamn question before I play another jingle.
0: Yeah, that's a good <laughs> idea. Okay, so we're going to start with Interlagos. Interlagos has hosted how many? How many do you think it's hosted? Out of interest, thirty-three. That's a good <laughs> I have no guess.
1: Idea.
0: That's a good guess. It's hosted thirty-seven Grand Prix. Oof. So, okay. higher or lower? Zolder. Lower. Lower is correct. Zolder has only hosted 10. Best circuit in the world up next. The Korea International Circuit. Has it hosted more or less than 10?
1: It's hosted lower. It's hosted less.
0: Yes, it's only hosted four Grand Prix.
2: Adelaide. Mega years four.
0: Yeah, unbelievable. I know, shocking,
1: isn't it? Shocking. Yeah, I know. I should have been at least five. Uh, Adelaide uh, <laughs> higher.
0: <laughs> Adelaide is higher. It's hosted eleven Grand Prix. It's halfway through. Watkins Glen. Oh, higher or lower? How many, than 11? how
1: many? How
2: many was Adelaide? Adelaide was eleven. Mm. Mind games going here, folks.
1: I'm gonna go for higher
0: higher uh, is the uh-oh. right answer it's hosted 20 <sighs> next up the circuit to Catalonia. Oh. Uh,
1: Um. Mm, <laughs> I don't <laughs> know I don't know Jeff uh higher 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 it is higher.
0: Circuit to Casalinia has hosted 29. Two more to go. Can you run the gauntlet? Hungara Ring. 29, more or less. More. Not by much, but it is more. 34 Grand Prix. So, to complete it, you need to tell me 34
2: Grand Prix, more or less, Imola. Jeez. Oh, um, I can't wait to lose on the second round.
0: <laughs> Less. I'm gonna go a lower. You're gonna go a lower than t- 34. Well, you're absolutely right, Imola. Ah, oh. 27 Grand Prix. Thank you. Fantastic.
1: Thank you. Thank you. Congratulations. Pure guesswork. Thank you.
0: Congratulations. Ah, oh, there's skill in there. I know there's skill in there. Yeah, you're, okay, a, you're a Jacques Villeneuve fan. You know all about skill. You can <laughs> shut up. <laughs> all right. Here we go, Sam. Your starting point is the Shanghai International Circuit, which has hosted 16 Grand Prix. Okay. Can you tell me whether the Nürburgring has hosted more or less?
2: Oh, I'm going to get it wrong on the first go. Uh, I'm going to say More.
0: It is more. The Nürburgring has hosted 40 overall.
2: Wow, that many! There you go, folks. Even I am learning many new things in lockdown.
0: Yeah, it's quite a lot. (laughs) Okay, the Nürburgring at 40. Spa, higher or lower?
2: Bloody hell. I'm going to say higher.
0: Higher is correct. Spa has hosted 52 Grand Prix. Hockenheim.
2: Oh, I'm gonna say lower.
0: It is lower. Hockenheim has hosted 37.
2: Is that both editions?
0: Uh, yes. Cool. Uh, no, it's only the new version. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Uh, what a stupid question. <laughs> uh, Albert Park.
2: Oh, I don't know any Alberts. Uh, well
0: that's a problem eh? mm
2: -hmm. Yeah. wow
0: it also includes all the times that Albert has been the prince of Monaco and the Monaco Grand Prix's been staged
2: oh is that what he nicknames Monaco is Albert Park
0: yep that's it
2: I'm going to let you ride around my Albert Park
0: oh Uh... that's gross
2: (laughs) (laughs) Uh, how many was the one before sorry
0: Uh, it was 37 for Hockenheim
2: I'm going to go lower
0: Lower is correct. Albert Park has hosted 24. All right. Your favourite circuit in the world and everyone's favourite circuit in the world. Paul Richard. 24. Uh, higher or lower? Uh,
2: oh, I think it's... Cl- I'm going go lower. It is close.
0: And it's close in the right direction. 16. Oh, yes. You've got Ooh. two more to go.
2: I- I'm happy this far. If I fail now, I'm all right. I'm happy.
0: Paul Richard at 16. What about Yas Marina? Yas Marina. Yas Marina. I'm going to say lower. Lower is correct. It's hosted 11. Oh. So, last one. You have to tell me whether Brands Hatch has hosted more or less...
2: Oh, there's going to be proper F1 fans from the good old days shouting <laughs> now at their car radios or in their headphones. I'm sure there's one bloke who's probably on his one-hour isolation walk with his headclothes, probably my dad, going, It's it's less, you moron! It's less! And I'm there going, I I just don't have a clue. Of um, I'm going to say it's more, higher.
0: Higher than 11. Out of interest, Harry, what would, what would you have said?
1: Um, I'll go. With, I'll, I'll agree with Sam. I think Sam's had a tough round. Just can put that one out there.
0: Well, he's had a tough round, and he's got every single one right. Oh,
2: oh yes! Patch,
0: fourteen Grand Prix. Getting
2: there, you well, go, Dad. Done. You can be proud of me out. Let me get the flute out.
0: <laughs> <laughs> but you don't deserve this version of the theme song. you, you nailed it.
2: No, this is the best
1: version. I don't have the other one. Yeah.
2: Uh, Guys, well done. Thank you.
1: Hang on, let's uh, get us out of this game.
2: I don't remember the theme tune that I just sung last time. (laughs) Here we go. It's F1. Higher and lower. It's higher and lower. I feel like I'm doing a Red Indian game (laughs) thing. It's over there. It's over here. It's not in between. It's F1. Higher and lower. It's F1.
1: (laughs) Wow! That That is outstanding.
0: I've noticed something, and I, I think the, the listeners out there would have picked up on this as well, is that if you want serious F1 debate, you just have to listen to the first 20 minutes of our podcast. <laughs> if you want yeah. three idiots having a chat, listen to the last 20 minutes.
2: Yeah, I mean, i appreciate it if I one know the, the jingle before the podcast starts, uh, and maybe make them more singer-friendly. <laughs> I'm <laughs> Look, singing onto make- an elevator theme.
1: They can't all be F1 back and forth. Oh,
2: it's so good though, isn't it? It's F1. Back and forth, it's F1. Back and forth, it goes backwards. And then goes forth, it's F1. Back and forth, yeah, F1. (laughs) Inject it straight into my veins, come on. I hope... If I die soon, can someone put that on my gravestone, please?
0: What, the the lyrics?
2: Yeah, I want you to press a button as well that plays the jingle.
0: (laughs) Yeah, I I think we can get this arranged.
2: Thank you. Not your death, obviously. (laughs) That's probably being arranged (laughs) by many people.
1: Well, I think that's a good note to end on.
2: (laughs) Yeah, yeah.
0: I can't think of a
2: better note to end on. Sam, get us out of here. If you've enjoyed the podcast, folks, the rambling nonsense, the silly singing, and perhaps the actual intellectual debate that we sometimes bring to the table, then think about sharing, think about following, get involved, let us know on our socials, what you are, what you think, at on Twitter, come over and have a chat with us. In the meantime, I've been Sam sage.
1: I've been Ben Hocking. And I've been Ricardo Rosset.
2: <laughs> and
0: remember, keep breaking late.